Hey, and welcome to the Get Richer Teacher podcast. My name is Ola, and I'll be your guide and mentor on your way to realizing your potential as an educator. If the title of the podcast is triggering, that's even better, because that means that I still have some work to do. My mission is to help teachers work independently and believe that they deserve more freedom and more money. As a teacher, you are allowed to work with your perfect students rather than some random people challenging how much you charge and asking why so much. If you're ready to become a richer teacher, build and scale an independent teaching business that can support your dreams and your lifestyle, then you're in the right place. The world knows that teachers are superheroes. Let's get paid what we're worth, shall we? Hello, teacher, and welcome to another episode of Get Richer Teacher. And today's episode is really, really, really special because it's something that I have been struggling with uh, many, many times. It actually comes in waves to me when I don't pay enough attention, which is very, very, very regular. <laughs> I don't pay attention in general. Um, so I've recently started doing much more intentional work. I've worked with a productivity coach uh, and please don't be fooled. I don't need to do more. I wanted to regulate myself to actually feel more focused, more balanced and as if I was working with my own body and rhythms rather than trying to do as much as possible. We live in a culture and a world that uh, runs very fast and we constantly have this feeling of not being able to to catch up, to keep up with all of this um, and that's why and I feel like it's that artificial need to be uh, to 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 keep up with with the world with all its uh, expectations that leads to burnout. So today I'm going to present you with some tips, with some things that I've started using, and they genuinely started improving the quality of my life and my work that you might want to implement into your daily life business to help you avoid burnout cycles. So as I said, uh, some of this work is based on my work with a productivity coach. I also read a couple of books on burnout and productivity, holistic productivity. I'm going to link to two of them in the description of this episode. One of them is called Burnout uh, by the Nagoski sisters. Uh, and it's been a really, really good one. It's very, it's it's very much focused on women, especially. So this might be interesting if you are female. And another one is called uh, 4,000 Weeks. And it's basically about that holistic productivity approach to life that isn't productivity in its stereotypical sense. So you may also want to have a look at that. So I'm going to start with the first tip. And the first tip that um, is perhaps something that um, that may may be hard to accept, but I think that's where everything begins. You need to understand that it's much, much, much easier to avoid burnout 
than to fully recover from it. Because when you avoid it, it's much more likely that you will go on for longer without feeling too depleted, too stressed out, and too, like, exhausted. However, if you fall into one burnout cycle, it's very likely that even if you recover a little bit, you will fall into another one very soon. And that's what's been happening to me um, last year, even even in winter this year, 2023. Um, so I am talking from experience. So it's much easier to plan how you're going to avoid it. And here are going to be some steps on how that might work for you as well uh, to avoid it. If you're already burnt out, I would recommend that you really start thinking about implementing not ways to fix it, but ways to completely change the way you work and the way you live. Because burnout makes your life shorter, less enjoyable. We don't want it. You very, if you realize that you're in a burnout cycle or you're approaching burnout, then you know it's not great. It's not pleasant. It's overwhelming. And what a lot of people don't realize is that very often burnout, which is, which is just this feeling of being depleted and exhausted and, and like, like you can't carry on anymore. It also affects your mental abilities and it also affects your mindset. So when you're approaching burnout or when you are currently in a burnout situation, you may see things through like a fog, through black glasses that tell you there is no hope. There is no, like, nobody wants to work with me. I'm not going to have money. I'm not going to be, um, I'm never going to be successful. Like, you have to be aware that these could also be symptoms of burnout. So what we want is to avoid that. A slight digression. Um, there is some um, link between burnout and hormones. I have been very much um, interested in syncing my hormonal uh, menstrual cycle to my business and my life. And I have a tendency to burn out or to to kind of feel much worse. Um, if I give myself too much to do in the last, I would say, seven days before my period. So if you're female, and if you've ever experienced anything like this, please look into that. Because Maybe you've been pushing yourself to do too much and expecting yourself to work at the same frequency as you normally would while your body doesn't want to. Like, for example, for me, I learned by body enough now and to listen to it that I know that in that week before my period, I uh, need to eat more and I just eat more. And that's it. It doesn't mean cravings. We just need more calories in that time. We just need it. And that's it. Um Another thing is that I need more sleep and I give myself that sleep. My naps are longer. If I need naps, I uh, do much more to relax and rest. Sometimes I forget and that's when things go to shit, <laughs> but I try and remember that. So that's one thing. I want you to look into 
your lifestyle, your hormones, and the way your body signals that you are tired, that maybe you're trying to suppress at the moment. It might be related to your cycles, but if you're male, it might not be. So I just want you to look, look for signals that your body body is giving you to slow down a bit. Another thing, um, which is way less biological, but something that is very much related is boundaries. I think that there are two, at least two types of boundaries that we need to be setting for ourselves. And one type is setting boundaries with ourselves. Imagine what if we, or maybe in a different way, um, we sometimes don't really know instinctively what's good for us or our reactions are not necessarily what's good for us. So sometimes something that might feel like, oh, it's a good idea or it's something that I just want to do, we might want to listen to that. And I very often fall into that trap with scrolling my phone. So for example, if I have a five minute break, my brain tells me that, oh, there is no point doing anything else. So I'll just scroll. And I want you to start recognizing those moments and say to yourself, okay, I have a break. I need to stand up. I need to do something else that will actually refresh me before the next portion of lessons, before the next portion of planning and things like that. So boundaries with yourself um, are really, really important. Another boundary that you can set with yourself is when is work time and when is um, when it's relaxing time. I very often forget when like my work day um, is finished and I work way past that. I need to really, really like, I, I might even uh, start an alarm clock for the time when it's time to finish because it's really hard to set that boundary because especially when you enjoy something and when you're in the flow, maybe if you're a neurodivergent person, you know what I'm talking about. Like that, that kind of hyper focus is nice. It's comfortable, but it's not good for me. And that's the boundary I need to set. Um, and another type of uh, boundaries is obviously boundaries with other people. So I have had many chats with my masterminders about like, but how can I set a boundary on the number of hours I work a week if everybody expects me to work 40 hours a week because that's the working week, right? So I would feel weird if I said, oh, my capacity is 15 hours. And I feel that number one, that's the residue of us being in that employee uh, mindset and working for other people. Uh, number two, it's 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 what's exactly wrong with that society. We don't get to choose what's good for us, but we kind of like follow very artificial rules. I have no idea who made it a rule that we should all work for 40 hours a week. I can't imagine really doing everything that I do. There are so many high energy tasks that I do for 40 hours a week. It's impossible. So also remember that not all work equals, it's it's not all the same. So for example, I have realized at some point that I can have a maximum of four one-to-one -one meetings. And for me now, it means one-to-one -one coaching or, um, or maybe not even one-to-one -one group coaching as well, um, a day. Otherwise, I'm completely wiped out. If there is even one more, I literally do die physically. I need to sleep. I can't focus. I can't do anything. Maybe 
what would be good for you is start thinking about what that capacity is for you because it might be less than you currently think. I, When I hear a teacher who says, I teach seven hours straight, I honestly, it's very rarely healthy. It's very rarely a good thing for them. It might be an exception of the rule for some people, but in most cases, it's just not sustainable on your health. You probably can do it because we humans endure, can endure so much, but it's not sustainable without a long-term effect on your health, on your body, on your well-being. So that's number three now, boundaries. Number four is just self-care. I feel like there is so many myths and so much buzz around the world's uh, around the word self-care, mindfulness, and all that stuff. What I want you to do and what I've done in the last few months as an ADHD person, as a high energy person, a person who can't really sit still, is I have developed my own completely unique to me as a person definition and way of looking after myself. At the beginning, I thought that it was supposed to be sitting and meditating. Now I know that this is not sustainable and not doable in my case. So what I've developed for myself is a practice of visualizing, for example, because it makes my brain spin and my brain needs to spin way more than um, an average brain probably. So I absolutely love visualizations because they, they just stimulate me, but also they help my brain relax. So it's great. I have also found a way to make my mornings a little bit less stressful, especially with school runs, with my son, with things going on. And I um, just am very much more mindful when I wash my hair. And that's it. Um, I can't really do much. I can't do like long sessions of journaling or yoga. I'm not going to lie to myself and say that I'll wake up at five o'clock. Also, by the way, I think that anybody who said that everybody should wake up at five because only successful people wake up at five, it's such bullshit. <laughs> I don't do it and I consider myself successful. So if it doesn't sit well with you, you're not uh, you're not the only one. I wake up when my son wakes up and we do things together. I just add things to my mornings that are usually quite hectic to make them more mindful and less stressful. Even the change of having breakfast before we leave for school uh, has changed a lot in my routine because... Um, it just it just kind of you know on a full belly things things look different sometimes it was just hunger that that made me a bit grumpy and and a bit more reactive especially when my son had a difficult morning or things like that so that's that so i my self care includes ways that work for me and it includes some sort of a really really simple morning routine that isn't really a routine it's just adding bits of mindfulness here and there to the hectic life that we have as as parents of a young child. Um, there is also some, the, the way I can focus on my own mindfulness is, uh, is much more possible and sustainable in the evenings. So I have decided to start going to bed early. I have decided to start do my visual, visualizations, for example, they happen in the evening. And uh, just adding those little bits that um that just make 
me look forward to them rather than um, adding something to my already busy schedule. So that's how I want you to think about it. How? What's the path of least resistance for you when it comes to self-care? And finally, and that's something that I've struggled with um, in for a, for a very, very long time, I would always... Um, associate rest and relaxing with something I deserve after I've done some hard work. So after I've had a big launch, after I've sold something, after a long day of one-to-one coaching sessions or something, I no longer see it that way. I have shifted my mindset completely and now see rest as a way to prepare myself for work. And that has changed everything because it has, um, I don't know if you would relate, but I had a very anxious feeling on Sunday. So even though I run my business and I've been running my business for two years now or even longer because like the early beginnings before I was a coach uh, would also count. I still remember the anxiety of having to go to work on Monday. Um, So that shift of, okay, I'm now relaxing so that I can do my work better and focus um, is a, a game changer, an absolute game changer. I do a lot of other things that, uh, you know, are quite mainstream. I sometimes journal. I sometimes just text my friends. I've started planning way more. Um, that's, that's actually could be my, my, my other tip. Think about ways in which you can plan at least some of your work in advance. So I am an ADHD person and my relationship with planning is extremely complicated. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not like people think I'm an organized person and I'm only an organized person because I know what works for me. I know what needs to get done, but very often those decisions that I make are quite spontaneous. So I plan with lots of freedom inside. So maybe that if you've had a very a weird relationship with planning, maybe that could be a way for you to do it too. So for example, rather than creating a very rigid content plan, let's say, you could say, okay, I'm going to do it on this day, that day, and that day. And then I'm going to, I'm going to decide what I post, for example, on the day. You could do that. Definitely batching helps, but I also, I am much, I feel like I'm much more flexible when it, comes to giving people advice such as, oh, you should batch because it helps everybody. It didn't, there was a time in my business when it didn't help. It wasn't the right thing to do for me because there were other priorities. Now I might try batching my content again, but I would say the only thing that you can do that is guaranteed to succeed is find your own version of looking after yourself, holistic productivity, and avoiding burnout, okay? And it's particularly important in teachers. And when you read uh, the burnout book, you will see, because teachers are givers, we have this something that the uh, Nagoski sisters call the human giver complex. So we have a problem with boundaries. We have a problem with being perfectionist, we have a problem with uh, like having that mission, and I'm. It's not. It's not a strange concept to me. It's definitely something that I also have a problem with. We always feel that responsibility for others, but in order to avoid burnout, we need to first and foremost prioritize 
our own well-being. Because without that, we cannot help anybody. We cannot be giving from an empty cup. It's we cannot pour from an empty cup. Um, as it's as old as as time. This saying is, isn't it? Um, but it's so true. So I want you to remember that and plan your own way of looking after yourself while it's the summer still, while you've got some more time, while you're, um, while you've got the space and the capacity. If you're listening to this, it is a sign. It is definitely a sign that you should look after yourself. All righty. That's it for me for today. I hope you've enjoyed it. I see you in the next episode. It's not your fault that you don't know how to make good money as a teacher or how to market your teaching. Nobody's ever taught you, but I'm on a mission to change that. Teachers make the world a better place and they can be excellent at business. They just need direction. That's what I'm giving you here and on my YouTube channel under the same name. Make sure that you also follow me on Instagram at ola underscore coaches underscore teachers and check out my website www.olakowalska.com to see if any of my paid offers, including my one-to-one coaching, my business foundation course, The Rocket, or my membership for teachers in business could be the right fit for you. I'll see you soon in the next episode.